Hi, welcome to Conversations with Sammy. I am your host, and I'm so glad you're here. I believe in the miraculous impact of a powerful storytelling. And right here is where I invite everyday people like you and I to share their real, raw, and unedited journeys. In our conversations, we express our feelings, we celebrate our struggles, we share our visions, and together we aim to live a more fulfilling life. In this conversation, I speak with Mars Kenley, former lawyer and successful stand-up comedian. We talk about her journey of shedding the illusion of what life should look like for her. We dive into spiritual awakening, its depth, darkness, and joys. We explore topics of surrendering, acceptance, and the experience of living in the constant unknown. Enjoy. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm enjoying this rainy weather. How are you? Same. I love it. Yeah, a lot of people complain about the rain, but for me, it's the opposite, actually, especially here. Oh, in the- yes. mm-hmm. Purifying for the earth and the soul. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me. I'm really excited to have a nourishing chat with you because with you, they're always like that. I like it. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> Hopefully I can deliver some, some word nutrition. Yeah, I think um, both of us are in, I don't know if I should say very similar or somewhat similar um, situation, I think, in our lives. And I even told you, I'm like, I attract people who um, are kind of like me and are going through a lot of spiritual awakenings and uh, with very rich, beautiful pasts. So, um, yeah, I want to talk a lot about you and we might be all over the place, which is okay. That's the beauty of it, right? Nothing's linear. Nothing is linear. I like that. <laughs> so I actually want to share how how we met. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think we met in early February or so. It was winter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that's when I was doing my show run at Second City. Yeah. So check this out. So I was driving Lyft <laughs> for five months. I was driving Lyft, thinking what else do I want to do for work and um, just lingering in all kinds of ideas. And I think it was a Wednesday or it was during the week, one of the evenings, I get a call, regular call. I stopped by uh, Second City, which is one of the biggest comedy shows, venues in, in Chicago. And I pick Mars up. She sits down. And one of my first questions, I was like, so, hey, what show did you see? And you answered, well, actually, I was rehearsing for, for the show. Um, directing and I was like oh my gosh tell me more and (laughs) and right away just like cool I love I love your soul already like I feel this awesome energy plus theater and directing is like yikes and I think your ride was only like no more than 15 minutes it was it Mm -hmm. was really quick but I just remember like we dived in right in and next thing I know we're talking about spirituality and like yes <laughs> pictures it was just so laid back and so natural and cool and then um you know and as we talk I'm thinking man I would really w- want to talk to you some more after you know this ride sometime in 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 in, in our lives and I remember for me it was a fearful moment like I don't know what will you think if I ask for this, you know, to continue the conversation, but I went with my gut, uh, embraced my fears of, you know, <laughs> feeling awkward or not. And I was like, Hey, do you want to continue the chat? 
some time and then hell yeah yeah I was already holding my business card I was ready to give that to you halfway through the trip (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah it's definitely the most like the most comfortable and intimate conversation I think I've ever had with a Lyft driver it was just very organic it was so natural (laughs) yeah I love that cool and so we did meet a couple weeks later in a in a lovely French cafe here in uh, where we live in Chicago. And our, actually, another cool thing: we're pretty much neighbors. We happen to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was an unexpected surprise. That's so funny. Seriously, out of all the neighborhoods and three million people <laughs> in Chicago, we are like a couple blocks, if that, away. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe. I mean, we'd probably pass each other on the street even before. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised. Um, <laughs> And yeah, we had uh, this amazing deep talk and I thought, wow, uh, I love your ideas and you it's just so vibrating and radiating, beautiful, awesome energy. And I loved your honesty. And now that I'm doing this podcast idea, I thought you are going to be one of my first um, speakers, interviewers. So oh, I want to you about- I'm so honored. Thank Me you. Too. Yeah. I I'm always excited about- to talk to you. So. Thank you. Me too. I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you support this because this is a new thing and it's a bit nerve wracking and exciting and I will see where it leads me. So thank you. I feel like all the best things have that, that threshold fear and excitement to, to step through, but that's always a good sign. I feel. Yes. And, and like I was, we had a quick intro before this recording just to make sure everything works. And as I was telling you, one of my fears, and it's really based on my past experiences of my past behaviors that I tend to not continue with something I begin and usually it's um has to do with projects like I I jump Mm on and same thing happened really with my blog I a couple years back I created this blog I named it to to your unfolding which is kind of my signature now um Mm -hmm. on my Instagram which kind of become my blog and so I was excited I you know found a photographer which in my eyes was the very first thing I need to do I need to have you know good looking professional pictures so I did that and then I um, do the domain and I create this blog on my own Um, and then I started posting blogs right and then I think I wrote maybe five or seven and I stopped and yeah. I proceed and it was sitting and sitting out there. And then finally I took off the domain because it does cost. And I'm like, well, if I'm not using it. And so anyway, I guess the fear is that I'm going to start this podcast. Uh, I don't know what will happen and impulse will distract me or something will <laughs> be over. But leaving that aside, we're here. And um, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about you. Sure. I mean, I will say the one thing that kept coming up for me as you were saying that is just um, forgiveness is to forgive yourself because it's not always the right time to move forward and just to kind of honor your intuition and your instincts. You know, there might have been some internal work you had to do before you were really ready to commit to that being your life or, you know, maybe there were other things you had to focus on, but just like forgiving yourself and trusting that whatever your impulse is, even if it is to discontinue this podcast, that it's it's in service of your highest purpose. So just, just trust yourself. You're a very in tune individual. So I completely trust that whether you continue this or not, either way, it's for your highest good. Yeah. Thank you. I love um, now listening to you. I love how you have this capacity, ability to be kind to yourself. And I think I do too. 
But when you speak, it's just so nourishing. And I was like, ah, oh, it makes sense. Thank you for saying that. I think I needed to hear that today. Of course. It's, um, you know, it's interesting because you, you asked me to ask or to talk about myself. And it's not something that has always been easy for me to be nice to myself. It's actually something that took an incredible amount of work. <laughs> and um, that's really been the focus of my growth over the past couple of years is learning to be kind to myself. And it has transformed my heart and my life in more ways that I, than I can even say. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, speaking, being kind to yourself and loving to yourself. And I remember, yeah, uh, yeah, everyone says love yourself. But I'm like, how does that even look like? Right, right. (laughs) And it's so interesting. Go ahead. Oh, it's, it's just one of those things. Like, you can hear the same message a million times. Like, you can hear love yourself, love yourself. And, and you can fully believe that you're hearing it and you can respond, of course, I love myself. Of course, I love myself. I just need to lose weight. I just need to be better at my job. Of course, I love myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that it wasn't, I didn't get it until I get and until I got it. And I didn't even know that I wasn't getting it until I got it, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. that it's such this deep and permeating concept of just fully allowing yourself access to your own heart, like fully believing that you are worthy of all of your heart and all of your own love, that there's no barriers you have to climb over or, or move through before you're worthy of your own love, you know? And I think that really shattered my world. And when those barriers that I had created for myself, you know, saying like, I it almost like I was holding this subconscious belief that I had to be um, thinner or smarter or more successful or, you know, achieve these milestones. And then I would really love myself, you know, and I just realized they were all an illusion. Like I was just creating distance between me and my own heart. Like it was all me. And when I brought those barriers down, it was so much else in my life fell like so much else in my life seemed to crumble that I wasn't sure it was a good thing at first. (laughs) You know, it was Mm -hmm. like, um, I was just noticing a lot of friendships crumbling and falling away. I was noticing um, passions that I had had and pursued so intensely, like stand-up comedy I had been pursuing for seven years, um, very, very intensely. And all of a sudden, I lost interest in it. It didn't resonate. And I was like, there's something wrong with me. There's something, I'm falling apart. I'm depressed. Something is wrong. But the only thing that was happening and I see now so clearly is that I was transforming and that sometimes we just have to give ourselves permission to let go of things that aren't serving us in that moment, that aren't serving our growth. And that doesn't mean we won't come back to them. And it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything like nothing, (laughs) nothing really means anything. Right. It's just a process. It's like a, it's like a natural process of shedding and letting go and just trusting that what you are not letting go of is what you're meant to hold on to and, and, and that it's all you need. And so it's really been this beautiful process of shedding, um, of shedding a lot of who I thought I was and what I thought I wanted and learning to feel safe during that process. My God, I relate so much. You know, you said words when you 
started to let go. You're like, what's wrong with me? Why don't I want those things? And I just recently, right. um, this quick video, uh, her name is Mel Robbins. Love her. She's, um, she said, you know, she talked exactly about the same thing. You know, don't think that something is wrong with you because you're not striving for that lavish house, boats, success, career ladder. Um, and I think I, I, I tend to fall into that too. And if I'm not careful, I could beat myself up really quick thinking, why yeah. don't I want those things? Why do I want this unsuccessful quote unquote, you know, ordinary, ordinary life. And she said, it's okay because your values change your, mm-hmm. what you're attracted to change. And I was like, oh, I, I love hearing that. It just sounds so refreshing. Um, because I too tend to fall into that hustling, um, going for more and more and not even realizing why thinking that this is my worth. I, I must have the external um, very well put together to be happy, which is very far from the truth. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's this long process of disillusionment. I feel like even just to get to that point, <laughs> you know, I love it's, disillusionment. Um, I love that word. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it's it's the word of the day for me most days because I'm constantly discovering new beliefs, like not new beliefs. I'm constantly discovering within myself subconscious beliefs and ideas that I didn't even know I was holding on to that I had internalized from outside of me from. And I think success is one of those ideas, right, that we grow up in a capitalist society, or at least I, I did. And, you know, you have this idea that your productivity is tied to your worth. And that money is tied to working and that everything really comes down to what you're producing and what you're, what you're doing every single day and what you're putting into the world. And it's really interesting because it took me so long to realize that what you're putting into the world doesn't have to be work. It doesn't have to be work in the traditional sense of like, I'm climbing the corporate ladder. I'm, 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 I'm doing research. I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. It, it can be energy. It can be love. It can be, it can be so many things. And I think I, I didn't realize all the ways that I was keeping myself small by holding on to the belief that I had to succeed in a capitalist society in a traditional way. And it's a belief I didn't even know I was holding. It's just something that I kept, I kept feeling this invisible barrier in a sense. Like I kept hitting a wall in a way, like I'd have these ideas, but I wouldn't be able to act on them. I would have these creative inspirations, but they'd kind of float away. Like I would let them, I let them go. You know, it, it almost felt like, well, that's for someone else, you know? And I couldn't understand why there was this disconnect between all these exciting ideas I was having and not actually being able to implement them or not feeling like I could bring them to fruition. And once I identified that, that source, that belief, it kind of, it triggered a lot of disillusionment with a lot of a lot of my my life choices up to that point and about the structures that surrounded me and it was liberating though to let go of it and to really see like what is it that i like what is it that i could do today that would bring me into alignment with my higher self like when i wake up and it's not even really a question that i ask it's more of a feeling that i have And it's a process of allowance to like let myself honor that feeling and letting go of the belief that I had to be productive is what allowed me to do that. And ironically, letting go of the belief that I had to be 
productive in a traditional sense is what has allowed me to be incredibly creatively productive. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. it was before it was almost like this sense of like, I can be productive in law because I, I think, you know, I'm a lawyer. And, um, and that is a very traditional, like, uh, tradition oriented career for sure. Mm -hmm. And there's so many structures. I mean, you're literally working within the legal system. It it feels incredibly black and white. Everything feels very rigid and, and structured and real. And it's so hard to imagine that there could be space to be free within that or outside of that when you're operating in that mentality. But yeah, I, it's, it's really a, tremendously liberating process to unearth the beliefs that are keeping you small and kind of trust yourself in the process of feeling out what it is you need to do to release them and let them go. Yeah. Um, I want to hear a little bit more. You, you're a lawyer. So how did you transition from being a lawyer, very serious looking businesswoman to being <laughs> a, a stand-up comedian uh, and then we'll float into where you are now. Uh, can you can you talk a little bit? How did you get into um, law? Sure. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. I was from an early age. It was very clear that I was going to be a lawyer. My parents chose my my birth name because they felt it was a lawyer's name, and it was just very much like it was it was just the goal. It was my blind goal. Like from the time I was a little kid until the time I went. Um, to law school, it was my blind ambition. It was the sole thing I, I focused on. And to the point where I never even asked myself if it, if it was what I wanted. Um, it was just what I had to do. And so I did it. I took all the steps. I moved towards it. I ignored all of like these creative impulses. I ignored all of these little whispers about like who I might be or what I might want. And I just kept blindly pursuing this goal. And my first day of law school, I got there. I'd achieved my goal. And Within the first 20 minutes of my first class, I knew that it was wrong for me. (laughs) I just, I was sitting there stunned. Like, I remember just being in complete shock. Like, I've spent 21 years of my life, like, working towards this goal. And I'm sitting here now and I'm realizing. I never even asked myself if it was what I wanted, like really wanted. Like, of course, I wanted to achieve a goal, but did I want to achieve this goal? You know, did I want to be a lawyer? What does that even mean? What does it look like to be a lawyer every day? Like, I don't know how I got to that point. So without asking these questions, but I do understand now why I did, because it's given me so much insight and so much ability to help others. But uh, yeah, so my first day of law school, I was already disillusioned. (laughs) And uh, I did, I stuck it out for the whole first year, but I got incredibly depressed. I just felt lost. I felt completely lost. And I was realizing for the first time in my life that I'd never asked myself who I was. I hadn't asked myself who I was. And that is such a fundamental and basic question. And if I, and it, and it means a lot of different things and it's hard to answer, right? Like if you, if you just ask yourself out of the blue, who am I, unless you know, you're very, you have a good sense of who you are, which I didn't at the time. It was, I didn't even know how to answer that question. And I, I spent that year kind of living in fear of having to answer that question, like, because it it meant that I had no idea who I was or what I liked. And I remember trying to like write a list of things I knew to be true about myself, like really genuinely true about my deepest self 
and I I sat there for hours like with the pen and I think after maybe 40 minutes I, I wrote down like I am blonde and then I was like no that's like that's not who I am and I crossed it out like mm-hmm. and um and I was like I went to law school and I was like yeah but that's not who I am either you know and it was it was just like it was so hard to really I had created this shell of conditioning that was so thick that I couldn't even see through it to my soul. And that kind of broke me in a way that needed to happen. And so I dropped out of law school and I moved to Massachusetts and um, I ended up living with my grandmother after a period of time. And it was, it was definitely like a very dark time in my life. Like I was incredibly, incredibly depressed. I couldn't get out of bed. I think for three months I I couldn't get out of bed. And, um, I, I don't think I've ever been that depressed. Uh, it was like, I wasn't even alive almost. And it was, but when I, when I came out of it, (laughs) it was almost like, it was the conditioning that had started to die and not me, if that makes sense. And I started mm-hmm. to notice when I would feel like a spark of excitement in my soul. I would start to notice when I found things exciting. And that's really what helped to pull me out of it is I started every time I would feel a pang of like, ooh, interesting or ooh, exciting. Like before, I would have said, you know, shut up, focus on law, you know, like that's for someone else. But Mm -hmm. in this darkness, there was no benefit to doing that. In this darkness, I only wanted the light. And so every time I found or felt any pain of like interest or excitement, I would write it down and I would explore it completely. Like I would, you know, to the extent I could from my bed, I would be like Googling um, like all these different places in the world and traveling. And I would started getting interested in meditation and, you know, I, I just started really exploring, giving myself complete permission. Cause I was like, what do I have to lose? What do I have to lose by giving myself complete permission to explore anything that makes me feel good right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe I needed total darkness to give myself permission at that point. And I started it. I, one thing I'd always wanted to try was stand up comedy And so I started pursuing that. And um, I did end up going back to law school a while later because I was, you know, broke. (laughs) And I, I was still holding on to the belief at that point that I needed to finish what I started, which is a belief that I have let go of now, because I realized that things that I start don't always serve me to finish, Um, which is funny that, you know, that's kind of how our our podcast started with that conversation. Um, and I love how things come full circle like that, but yeah, it, um, after that, I, I, I finished law school, but while I was finishing law school, I was performing standup and I was performing standup in North Carolina at a time where you could be fired for being gay. It was legal to be discriminated against. And I identified as gay and my comedy was very, very gay. And, um, <laughs> So I was literally, I was going to law school with one name and then performing, um, stand-up comedy in disguise as a drag queen uh, with a different name at night. (laughs) And so I was like very much living this like dualistic life where on one half of my day, I'd be in this very rigid, traditional, conservative world of a North Carolina law school. And on the flip side, I'd be, you know, dressed up like a drag queen in these underground gay clubs telling whatever jokes I wanted. And so it created this really interesting, um, this interesting life balance. 
And I, I kept doing that until I graduated. And then um, I kind of fell off of, I, I let go of stand-up for a while. And I, I went back to focusing on law. I became a civil rights investigator. I investigated sexual assaults for college campuses. Um, I did the work that I, that I thought cognitively was really meaningful and should make a difference. But I was realizing that it was really kind of killing my spirit <laughs> in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, I was feeling really drained. I just felt completely drained. And I was missing the sparks that I had been feeling in, in my dark depression. Like I was noticing that I wasn't noticing my joy as much. I wasn't noticing things that brought me interest. And I was narrowing myself again. I was, I was kind of pushing myself onto this career ladder because I was doing really well as a, a civil rights investigator. And you know, I was kind of like, I should, I should push myself harder to focus on this and I shouldn't focus on stand up. you know, I shouldn't focus on these creative things. And so I kind of fell back into this pattern of, of forcing myself to focus on something that was depleting me, that wasn't serving me. And um, eventually I got to the point, I, I got to the point where I was working as an associate at a really um, like an impressive patent litigation firm and you know this is a job that most people would dream of in law school and you know I was making more more money than I had ever expected to make and I was completely miserable and I was self-sabotaging subconsciously I was making mistakes all the time I was um, I couldn't focus I was getting sick constantly and I eventually was laid off and it was, it wasn't because of my performance. It was, it was a, it was an unrelated issue with the company, but it was a blessing because I was running myself into the ground. And I think it was really the universe being like, okay, since you're not going to do what you need to do for yourself, we're going to step in. And, um, and I had, I, I, I just knew like, and I had been performing stand up again towards the end of that. I had, I had realized I really need to pursue my passions again. And so for the last year that I'd been working at the firm, I had really, I'd moved to Chicago. I was working as a stand up professionally. And I had also really hit a point where I couldn't do any more in stand up while still maintaining a full-time job. So being laid off really came at a good point. <laughs> and so when I was laid off, I jumped full in, like just full on into stand up. I started touring. Um, I, it, it became my whole life and it was, it was not what I expected. <laughs> you know, I realized that once again, I was feeling like very limited and I realized that I was the one who was limiting myself. And so it has been this beautiful journey of just constantly like ebbing and flowing um, and, and just being very aware of these beliefs that, that come up and need to be released. And, um, I, I had, I really am so grateful that I made the transition into stand up full time. And it was really scary when I realized like, I had set this goal for myself to pay, to be able to pay my rent completely with stand up. And I finally met that goal last June and, I think when I, when I reached it, I really thought like, I'm going, this is the pinnacle. Like this is when I, when I've made it, this is my start, like jumping off point. But instead, I think when I reached it, I realized I, um, I realized it's, it wasn't exactly what I wanted. I was still, I was still restricting myself too much. And 
it was scary to leave, to let go of something that I had been pursuing, you know, on and off, like pretty vigorously for seven years. I'd moved here to do it. I'd made good headway. I was producing shows at the Laugh Factory at Second City, like, and um, it was hard, but I just wasn't resonating for me anymore. And I felt like when I was on stage, I was performing a past version of me. It wasn't like I wasn't allowing myself to be who I was completely in that moment. And that's not stand-up's fault. It's just because of where I was in that moment. And I realized like I have some real growth to do. Like I have to, I have to take some time to create space for myself to be my whole complete self in my life and in my art and in my comedy. And that's really what I've been focusing on now. And in doing that, it's been the most intense kind of of this awakening process, but it's been this beautiful gift to myself um, in that it's allowed me to learn how to be kind to myself and how to feel safe within myself and within this world being myself. So I know that was not exactly a linear explanation, but yes, that, that's my journey, I, I suppose. I want to jump in right now because I relate so much and I'm sure other listeners will too. You know, you mentioned um, when you were going for stand up, this is not what I expected. This is not what I thought it will be. Um, and to me, it sounds and, and for myself personally, like I always have this idea, like you say, illusion of what it will be like. And once I have that, whatever the picture is in my head, that will be it. You know, I right. will be there. Turns out there yes. is for myself, yes. what I go for when I get it, I'm still not there. Like, oh, okay, this is it. And <laughs> it's such a it's such an illusion, delusion. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I hear that in your story. So when you say it's not what I expected, it's not what I wanted, what were your expectations of this? What picture were you chasing with, let's say, stand-up? What were you going for? Yes. I'm so glad you asked that. Yes, because so I realized that what I was going for was success. I was going for success. I wanted to be a famous stand-up comedian because that was what success looked like to me in stand-up comedy. And I realized that it was the wrong goal. It was the wrong goal that I had been working towards. And once I replaced fame with fulfillment (laughs) as my end goal, I I realized that I wasn't fulfilled by what I was doing and I wasn't fulfilled by it. I now realize because I wasn't giving myself full space to be my whole spell, my whole self on stage. Uh, I was conforming to these rules of stand up subconsciously, you know, and I was, con- I was keeping myself small because of my own fears. But once I let go of this idea of like my end goal is fame, it was really fascinating because I, I basically realized like, Once I said, okay, I'm not going to work towards fame anymore. I'm going to work towards fulfillment. I am only going to say yes to things that make me feel excited and fulfilled. Um, I went from booking 40 shows in June to booking, I think I did two shows in August. And it wasn't because I didn't get the offers. It was because only two of those shows made me feel excited in my heart. It was because only two of those shows felt like they would bring me fulfillment And I realized how much of my life, you know, going from 44 to two, like how much of my life I had been spending doing things that I thought 
I had to do to achieve ends I didn't even know I didn't want. And so it was like this fascinating process of like letting go and just realizing like, oh my God, I've been forcing myself to do 42 shows a month that deplete me. I've been forcing myself to do things that don't serve my soul and my heart, you know, in order to achieve this goal that I, that I, that doesn't serve me either. (laughs) And so it was really fascinating once I shifted my end goal to fulfillment and really have trusted and honored myself in only accepting things that, that excite me and that feel good and that resonate. Uh, it's been, it was, it was terrifying. Please like believe that hundred percent to say no to all of these things. It's, it mm-hmm. was completely counterintuitive after, you know, so many years of being like, I need to book this show. I need to book the show. I need to book the show. Um, and, and finally shows are like reaching out and I'm saying no, because it doesn't feel right in my gut. And I'm also wondering, could I just be really depressed? Could I be crazy? You know, <laughs> like, but I just kept focusing on that spark of excitement that I'd feel in my heart. And, you know, it has led me to so many other things that are not stand up at all, that are visual art, that are mantras, that are energy healing, that are, you know, and I'm, I feel like I'm finding myself completely and creating myself completely at the same time just by honoring what resonates with my heart yeah um i'm sure you and i know that spiritual work the deep work that we do and many people do out there it isn't um cupcakes and sparkles most of the time it's a um a lot of work and a lot of darkness happening and so um, I lost my train of thought what I wanted to ask with this. But, oh, I can remember. So you're still in it. You're, you're, you're exploring yourself. And do you sometimes feel like this grief um, of letting go your old life, everything you work for, do you sen- sometimes sense like, oh, it would be easier if I would just go back, do what I did, and that would be good enough? Yes, completely constantly. Silly. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I kept going back. That's why I kept going back to law. Right. Like, I think um, yeah. I mean, I that story wasn't comprehensive. I think there were three separate times where I completely quit law only to get like only to be offered a better job in law and decide to go back to it out of fear, you know. And so I think it's always this it's and that's a belief that I that I carry within me, too, that, you know, that law is like a is a career that is safe and stable and that will support me and it's respectable. And these are all beliefs that have been instilled in me and that I've, that I've internalized. And so that's constantly something I'm trying to let go of as well. Um, because yeah, um, <laughs> I lost my chain of thought as well. Yes. Okay. But, um, <laughs> no worries. Yeah, I have no. more questions. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's mm-hmm. so much grief. There's so much grief. And I think that's another thing is letting myself cry, letting myself grieve completely, mm-hmm. like letting myself feel those feelings completely and not being scared of them. Like, because when you just have this urge to ball, when you just start having all these fear, these fears and these, these racing thoughts coming up about, you know, you're, you're messing up, you're, you're off your path. Like you should be going back to law. You should be doing this. You could have paid off your loans. Like you start having all these thoughts. And at first I believed them and that's why I kept going back. And then I just realized like, they're just residual fear from my past self. Like it's okay. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, it's just, it is, it's like a full-time emotional job for a while. in in some ways, like, 
because you are just constantly kind of being a spectator for the emotions that your body needs to process in order to release them. Um, because I do believe that your, that your beliefs and your trauma and everything is stored in your body. And it's like, it's this detoxing and this purging of just getting it out of you and letting yourself cry when you need to cry, letting yourself be completely angry and enraged when you need to be, even if it's irrational, you know, just don't direct it at someone else, you know, scream into a pillow, punch your bed, do what you need to do. Trust your body, like trust your body when it tells you how it needs to release emotions. If it starts, if your leg starts bouncing, if you feel the need to punch something, like honor it, not (laughs) as long as it's not hurting another person, it's helping you, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like the definition of spiritual healing. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, For me too, and I'm still going through it and I'll probably be going through it for a while is letting go the old life of I've been living and just recently it happens every week um when I whenever I'm feeling like restless discontent I my immediately my mind goes back well it wasn't that bad in the past you know meaning go back Mm -hmm. to living the old life I lived um and it's for me the journey is when you when you mention you know to start feeling the feelings um and you're thinking, what the hell is happening? Like this is <laughs> yes. the like spiritual journey for me. It was when I was able, when I learned to name my feelings, my emotions, because historically I would say, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm good. Those are not feelings like, okay, I feel fear, anger, hurt, you know, sadness, joy. Like just being able to name my feelings was like, oh my God, I have yeah. feelings. Where were they? And, you know, and then they start plowing through because all of these years of suppression and numbing with all kinds of uh, mechanism and tactics. And I think this, that for me, the beginning of starting to feel everything is just bubbling up like a damn volcano. That was so scary. And like, how do you, how do you stay in it? Like you said, everything seems to be falling apart suddenly. Mm-hmm you're just shedding and shedding and just my heart started to pound just like remembering and still going through it constantly. Yes, it is. It, it hasn't stopped. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. layers because it's, I think we all have like layers of conditioning that we need to, to let go of. Um, and it's like, it's this interesting process in that it comes from the inside out as well as the outside in it's a, it's what we let go of as well as what we allow ourselves to receive um and so it it can be this really devastating process at first if we're in a place where we don't believe we're worthy of really receiving our love or love from others and our world is crumbling around us it's incredibly terrifying um so the thing that's made the biggest difference for me in coping with kind of the the loss of all these things I thought I was and thought I wanted was really grounding myself in my own love and opening myself up to all the good in the universe, opening myself up to love and building the belief in every moment that I am worthy of receiving love. Um, And that's when I started to notice that, yes, all of these things are falling apart. Yes, I am 
not wanting to do things that I always wanted to do, but all of a sudden I'm wanting to do new things. All of a sudden new people are coming into my life, you know, all of a sudden, like all these things that felt very expansive rather than like, rather than making me feel small were happening. And so it started to make it much easier to let go of things once I allowed myself to really see one, how much new was being introduced to my life and two, like really believing that I was worthy of accepting and receiving all that newness and all that goodness and all that love. Yeah, totally. And um, I also very much relate to, you know, doing a lot of things when it comes to success and money is, is, is the fame. There's this glory and um, like this luxury around you or myself Mm -hmm. and how I always wanted to be seen in a way that I put on a show. Like I, and, and when I can did, relate. <laughs> yeah, and what I did in the past, it definitely got me attention of people, but it was always that one night kind of a synthetic fulfillment just for that moment. Mm-hmm. And then I leave feeling so much emptier than I even started the night. And, you know, years and years and years of that, um, man. And, you know, where you are right now, like you're, you're constantly shedding and you're healing how do you manage the financial fears? Like I am, I'm here right with you because especially being in this time of history, the, our pandemic times, you know, and I, I still fear, I don't know. Like, I don't know what will my life look when it comes to um, job or career and maybe I'm focusing too much on it. Um, but somehow universe always adjusts things that I have enough more than enough or or just Mm -hmm. enough that I need to do what I'm doing and as long as I'm doing the next right thing which comes to me through a lot of praying and meditation and talking to other people like you I receive these messages and as long as I'm I don't know I guess following the will of my higher power things Mm -hmm. are okay and you know being in the stillness the calmness is also very uncomfortable for me because I, because I historically like drama and excitement. <laughs> How are you doing with, with your fears of like, where the hell will I be? I don't know. I'm just, just floating, you know, oh. just going with the floor. With the oh, definitely. I think, um, that's definitely, that was my most prevalent fear was how would I support myself as an artist? And that's what kept me going back to law so many times. And now I'm, I've realized that, the, big, the thing that's made the biggest difference for me is learning to lean into surrender over control and really learning to trust life and to trust that life is supporting me um, in pursuing like my highest path. And something that's really helped me that I would, if you, if you are someone who's having trouble receiving abundance in their lives, I would really recommend um, looking at kind of the balance of your divine masculine and divine feminine energy. And if you're not familiar with those divine masculine and divine feminine, they're not, they're in no way tied to your, the gender that you choose to express. Um, everyone, regardless of their, their gender has a, a, like a balance of divine masculine and divine feminine energies. And when they're out of balance, it can make it really hard for you to receive. Um, and when I started meditating on on being receptive and on really welcoming my divine feminine energy back into my body and really allowing myself to feel it. Because for so long, I'd been in a very, 
very protective, very controlling headspace. You know, that's kind of what law is. You have to have a hard shell. You have to be tough. You have to play by the rules. Um, and, and it was, it was completely counterintuitive to me to just like surrender to life and trust that things would be okay. Like without a plan, are you kidding me? And, um, and so like that process of surrender and welcoming like my divine feminine energy back into my body and really balancing those two energies of like ego control and divine surrender and divine rest have been, have made the biggest difference for me. And I've realized that in kind of working on feeling worthy of receiving good, I have welcomed a lot more good into my life. And I'm recognizing things and opportunities as good that I might not have recognized otherwise. And so, you know, at the beginning of this journey, I really thought I was going to be homeless. (laughs) And, um, you know, and I, I had been homeless at one point before. So it was a valid fear. And what I realized too, is that I was holding on to that history and bringing it into my future. I was bringing it into my present and my future by saying like, you know, I, I had housing insecurity once before. And so that will happen again. And so I think another thing that's really helped me is letting go of all expectations based on my past and really allowing myself to stay anchored in this present moment. And just like, I am safe I have a home, I have food, I have, you know, enough to get by right now. And just focusing on that and just being so grateful for it in each moment, I noticed that more was showing up and that my life was getting more comfortable and that the aspects of my life that I was expressing gratitude for seemed to be improving, you know, things seemed to be getting easier. And, um, and that, that's really, it's still a process. It's still a work in process, but that, has been what has helped me the most in terms of like releasing fears about finances is just trusting that I'll be supported and trusting myself to support myself and trusting myself to recognize good ideas when they come to me and to act on them. And that's, so that's been like a real, it's really built my confidence in myself through this process as well. Yeah. And you know, I, now that I'm on this beautiful train of spiritual development and, and just the journey going within and getting to know myself every single day, like the more work I do, the more I realize that there is no end and it's a, it's a lifetime journey. It isn't like I can take a course of a couple of years and then I'm set. I'm good to go. Oh, a hundred percent. The old, um, so to speak, matrix is always there. And, um, but it's, Life is so much interesting these days, you know, mm-hmm. my goodness. Wild times. Waking wild times every single day, like literally learning constantly something about myself, like, oh, I actually don't like that. Or like, oh, wait, I, I do like, it. why did I, you know, just yes. little things like, like it literally feels sometimes like I'm relearning to, to walk and talk mm-hmm. and, and express myself. And it's just, um, so beautiful yeah I'm so grateful to, to be on this journey I'm like man seriously I, grateful to be somewhat awakened I love that you said that and I love that you're giving yourself that that kind of space from who you know yourself to be to kind of question and grow and really just kind of allow this to be like a beautiful time for you yeah 
Um, so speaking of the constant work, I want to ask, what are your, what does your day like look like when um, do you have rituals, routines? What is the most powerful um, practice you've done and continue to do to maintain yourself? So it's interesting. I've actually moved away completely from, I've been trying to move away completely from habit um, because I've realized that so much um, we move through so much of life unconsciously. We often kind of, even just the way you, you walk to work or the coffee that you order every morning or ordering coffee every morning, like these little things, we get in the habit of doing them and we kind of float through those aspects of life without questioning them. And I, I received guidance that I should really be bringing conscious awareness to every choice that I make because every choice that you make is a celebration of sovereignty. And and because every the same choice might not serve you every day, it may not serve your growth. Like sometimes, like change is, is necessary for growth. And so, something it, it's been hard for me to leave behind because I am someone who always was like, I'll just create like a really regimented <laughs> routine to fix myself in thirty days, you know. And um, mm-hmm. and I am often tempted to do that because I see you know spiritual advisors that I trust and and people that I respect, you know. Um, encouraging you to do a 30-day meditation challenge or a 30-day yoga program or you know there's there's no end to all of those things but what has really been resonating for me lately is checking in with myself in each moment about what feels right what would be in service to my highest self in each moment and it's never the same (laughs) it's really not um at least up to this point there are things that I do consistently but I do them because they feel right in that moment so I I've found that um, I found that sitting quietly with my eyes open and focusing completely on the breath that's coming in and out of my nostrils as a form of meditation is really helpful. Um, And it's interesting. I also meditate with my eyes closed, but it's a different sensation than when I meditate with my eyes open. I feel like when I meditate with my eyes open, I receive more guidance, which is interesting. And, um, when I, when I meditate with my eyes closed, I can find the place of stillness really easily within me and kind of regenerate there. Um, but the thing that's made the biggest difference from, for me through these practices is having space from my own thoughts is having space from the narrative in my mind that I used to believe was gospel, you know, and realizing that I am not the voice in my head, that that is a projection of, of ego, conditioned beliefs, my, out, my external surroundings. It's a projection of a lot of things that come from sources that aren't necessarily me or my highest self. And so I really embrace any practice that creates quiet in my mind. And I've certainly had a number of them, <laughs> but um, Another thing I'd recommend to anyone who's going through deep, deep shedding and and transformation right now is um, praying uh, or meditating with Goddess Callie. She's she's been incredibly transformative and helpful for me. And there are mantras that you can use, you know, to kind of like chant or or pray. And she's she's the goddess of destruction and transformation, but she does it through compassion. And it's been very very healing for me to meditate with that energy as well. So I think it's, and if someone uh, people could find on social media or my accounts. Um, yeah, I have an Instagram called love Mars 
And I'm also not, um, but the, the goddess you just mentioned, the name. Oh, sure. Callie. So K-A-L-I is, um, she's also known as Callie Ma, K-L-I space M-A. And um, I really recommend doing some reading on her if you're going through a deep process of transformation, because um, I think you'll really find comfort in knowing how much beauty and change can come through transformation and all the ways that that energy can support you. Um, but I, you know, again, all, all higher beings and all energetic beings are just a projection of an aspect of ourselves. So I think for me, like honoring and meditating with goddess Kali and, and, you know, I, I've made an altar for her. It's really honoring myself and showing myself that I'm worthy of, of, of this belief in myself, that I'm worthy of helping myself through these hard times. And so I think, um, I think there are a lot of benefits to, to just doing whatever feels right in each moment. Yeah. And, you know, listening to you and, and maybe people can get this from our conversation. Um, you talk about a lot of meditating, being still going within and, you know, there is this cliche, um, change your mind, change your life, which is not really a cliche. It's, <laughs> it, it sounds so simple, but it's the, really the slogan of what, the work is at least in my own eyes because the mind is 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 the beautiful creation that I had no clue about how to work it what it is how does it work it was basically not basically it was absolutely running my life and what a wild animal it is you know it takes a long time to just to get to know it and then quiet it down to the point where I'm like oh I can I can shift it. Like I have, I have the power to do that, you know? And it's such a beautiful thing that there is a way out from the way we live. um, But it inquires to go within. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one, one thing that really helped me get started on this journey was a mantra by Louise Hay, or I guess more of a question, but she said, anytime you're not feeling good, stop and say to yourself, nothing is more important in this moment than that. I feel good what would make me feel good in this moment. And when I started doing that, it it took a while to kind of get the hang of it. But because at first I was like, well, I feel shitty, you know, I feel shitty in this moment. And that's how I feel. (laughs) It was like, um, what would make me feel less shitty? I don't know, maybe if everything around me was better. But after a while of doing it, I started to notice that it was actually my thoughts that I could say, you know, if I was stressed about money, if I was like, I'm, I, I don't think I'm going to have enough money to make rent this month, I would stop because it would be making me feel sick physically. And I'd say, I don't feel good right now. Nothing is more important in this moment that I feel good. What would make me feel good to think in this moment? And then I would replace that thought with a thought that made me feel good. Like I, money is magnetically attracted to me. I always have enough money and I will have more than enough money to pay my rent. And then I would just observe how I felt after saying that. And sure enough, the physical discomfort that I was feeling with the previous thought would be gone. And it, it's almost like I became a thought designer for my own brain, you know? And so, yes, I, I definitely agree that change your thought, change your life. Love that thought designer. Yeah. Ah, to me, it's such a relief that I, 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 I have so much to do with how my life is and is turning out and it's nothing to do with other people, places or situations really. Um, and that's, that's the beautiful journey. Um, random question, mm-hmm. just because we're also in a lockdown 
what would be one place given the freedom where would you go today just anywhere in the world oh my gosh I think about that all the time um I have I have like a top 10 okay but in this moment where would I go let's see I would go to the redwood forest (laughs) that um it's in California I believe it's near it's in Yosemite or near it but um yeah, I've, I've seen all these pictures of these amazing, like hundreds and hundreds of feet tall redwood trees. And I just can't imagine the grounding power that would come from being surrounded by a whole forest of like 50, 100, 200 feet tall trees of just these, these huge hundreds years old redwoods. Like I think it would be incredibly grounding and healing. And I've definitely been noticing during quarantine that I have been um, daydreaming more and more about just being out in the woods. <laughs> Woods, you know, not even the beach right now because it's just too empty. I want, I want woods, woods, forest, yeah. Lush, I want lush yeah. woods. <laughs> Same, cool. Um, I, if you're comfortable, do you want to say where maybe people could find you? If anyone has more questions, they could privately contact you. Absolutely, yes. I'd love um, to talk to anyone. Um, I'm on Instagram at love mars l-o-v-e-m-a-r-s and i'm on facebook as mars kenley k-e-n-l-e-y um feel free to reach out if you're going through anything um similar with your transformation process you know i'm, I'm always happy to talk and give guidance i also have uh an instagram account for um that posts like mantras and energy healing spiritual care packages <laughs> and that one's called at spiritual care package on instagram Awesome. I will also leave this in the um, show notes slash description. I'm still uh, learning how, how that works here in the oh, podcast. So I'll make sure to drop those notes. Oh man, I, I think this is a, this is one of our many, many conversations to come. So TBD, what's, what's next as we grow and learn yes. constantly. Thank you so much. This was awesome. I this feel. has been lovely. I really appreciate you having me on here and, and just for you to create this space for this kind of conversation and dialogue for ha- to happen and to let other people into it. I think that's yeah. a really beautiful thing. Yeah. So it's done and I'm just going to let it out there in the universe for all to <laughs> hear. All mm-hmm. right. Thanks, Sammy. Cool. Hey, it's me again. If you like this podcast and you're moved by it and it helped you and it resonates with you, then subscribe and leave me a nice review. It means so much to me. And more importantly, it helps other people to find this podcast.